Hello, hello, party people. Welcome back to the show. And I am here bringing you another episode of me bullshitting about sports. <laughs> and just like last week, I told you that this week I would be doing my NFL power rankings, a.k.a. the what was it? Gridiron Grand Prix accelerating to Allegiant Stadium. You know, I had to come up with a nice little little title to add some pizzazz to it. A little little woo-woo, little flair to it, make it make it sound nice. Instead of just, you know, all the power rankings, all the tiers, all the pyramid, you know. I had to spice it up just a little bit. Everybody I feel like it's not very many options of <laughs> For doing the power rankings, but it's still just gonna be a power rankings until I get some type of graphics. And right now, uh, I'm not sitting down and doing that right now. I ain't got the time to do that right now. So right, we will be getting right into the show here. Probably a shorter episode today, depending on how how I feel throughout. But I think you know, let's get right into it. And uh, I'm gonna go through each division and give you my rankings of each division and then after that i'll go through the rankings of each conference and explain uh how i have them segmented out and everything and the records that i have and why everything is ranked the way it is and then we'll go through the playoff picture shortly after so let's start with the host with the most of the Arrowhead Invitational every year, the AFC West, and the reigning Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. Shout out to Mitch Holtis. Shout out to you, Mitch. You the coldest. Uh, so with with AFC West, I'm just gonna start from the top. Actually, Chiefs number one. Simple, simple. The weapons look nice in the preseason. I uh, there's a to me there's a possibility of a down year, but I don't necessarily see a down year being them dropping out of number one in the AFC West. Number two, I have the Los Angeles Chargers doing. Let me pull up last year's records here. Uh. Yeah, I need to see that. I need to have these pulled up. Yeah, ten and seven last year. Basically, I have essentially have them staying in the same place. Mostly, you're number two in the AFC West. You're depending on how everything shakes out. You'll squeak into the playoffs. Justin Herbert is is Justin Herbert. He's gonna do Herb, Justin Herbert things. He's gonna look amazing out there. He's gonna look like he's fifteen in his decision making sometimes. But that's you know Justin Herbert stuff. He's going to keep doing it. They've got so many weapons. They have, I think one of their problems, obviously, is the line, but they have Slater back. Um, The defense is the defense. The defense is so talented. They just sometimes struggle to pull it together, and I think this year they'll keep it together just enough. Kellen Moore. I don't think that makes a big swing in things. So I think they'll pretty much stay where they're at right now. And that's where I have them. Uh, number three, I have the Denver Broncos. Now, a lot of talk about the Denver Broncos this year. A lot of talk about Sean Payton turning the team around. I feel like right now they're a very hot, trendy pick for people to kind of to uh, kind of lean back on right now because I feel like every year we have to do this thing where we try to figure out who's going to win the AFC West besides the Chiefs, and it just doesn't happen. You know what I mean? So um, I don't think it's going to be the Denver Broncos. Personally, I believe that Russell Wilson is going to do slightly better in Sean Payton's system, but... The holes in the offensive line, um, a bunch of their receivers going down on top of their receivers never really stepping up and and kind of changing their role a little bit. Like some Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy just got hurt. Jerry Judy was I think could have stepped into that role of the number one, but 
Corlin Sutton's never made the jump. I don't think they have Javante Williams coming back is going to be a problem for teams like for the Chiefs. Um, but I, I don't see them getting that much better. I, it's kind of the same thing where they're kind of staying about where they were at, doing a little better, looking a little better, looking like next year they add a couple spots that they can really get in there. But Russ is cooked. He's 34 years old. If we go look at Cam Newton, Vic, uh, any any running quarterbacks or quarterbacks that have design runs, there's only a couple of them who even have a long enough career to really compare to Russell Wilson, and I'm pretty sure most of them uh, were out of the league by 34. Were out of the league by 35, really, to, like – I'm pretty sure Vic was out of the league by 35. Let's see. At 35 years old, Michael Vic uh, started three games. <laughs> Whoa, for the yeah, for the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2015, and was out of the league the next year. Cam Newton, I think Cam Newton, Cam might be 25 or 35 right now. Yeah. Cam Newton's last year, 32. Okay. He was 31 that year with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He was cooked. I think we're seeing the same thing with Russell Wilson right now. I think you run around. When when you're a running quarterback, I think that's 35-ish. It's pretty much like you're you're cooked. I think we can even, even – I think at 35, your athleticism at that position kind of, it tends to kind of drop off. I think we could even really look like where did Aaron Rodgers start to fall off? Well, yeah, he did win MVP those other years. I forgot about that. But the, the running is not there. Yeah, by 2018, 2017, Aaron Rodgers wasn't running. But I, I say all this to say, Russell Wilson – is cooked. I don't think he's ever going to go back to uh, top of the league form again. I don't think so. I think that the Broncos are pretty much going to stay right where they're at. So, that's that. And then, coming in last place in the AFC West, we have the Los Angeles Raiders. Not much for me to say here. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is can show to be better than what Derek Carr did. I think the system Josh McDaniels is running with Jimmy Garoppolo. I I don't. One of the main reasons is I don't think their offense can run at a high enough RPM to make up for the lack of defense that they're going to have. They're going to have a major lag on the defensive side. I can't name you more than three guys on their defense, and I watch them. All, like I watch every team in the AFC West, so I don't. I think the Raiders are really going to struggle this year. They're going to be bottom of the barrel, and it's it's not going to be a fun time for Raiders fans. But speaking of bottom of the barrel, let's go over to the AFC South and start at the bottom of this list. At the bottom of the AFC South, I have the Indianapolis Colts. And I think uh, Anthony Richardson is looks good. I think he's going to make a lot of mistakes. But if you're a rookie quarterback, that's kind of what happens is you, you're going to make mistakes pretty much. And uh, I don't think he has the, the ability to make up for those mistakes time and time again. He will. I think there's going to be moments just like uh, Justin Fields over the past two years where He's going to look like, wow, this is the next great quarterback in the league, and he's going to look amazing. And I think people are going to really uh, look up and be like, wow, this is the way that quarterback is going to. We're going to uh, getting a guy that can run and move and get out the pocket and design runs. I think that's where the league is heading. And I think Anthony Richardson is going to fit into that role. He's going to struggle with his accuracy. He's going to throw picks. He's going to fumble the ball. He's going to have turnovers. He's going to look raw and unpolished, and they're not going to win a lot of games. They'll be bottom of the barrel. 
Coming in at number three in the AFC South, I have the Houston Texans. I think, if I remember correctly, last year, they came in last, yes, and this whole division was garbage. And I think basically, yeah, them them and the, the Colts and the Texans will flip. They'll flip positions, and the Texans will do slightly better because I think uh, C.J. Stroud... I I don't I'm not, I'm not sure if CJ Stroud is starting yet. Let's see if they've announced that. Yeah, Texans Texans QB1. Have they made any announcements? Doesn't look like it. Wow, okay, so uh, yeah. I I have a strong feeling. That's what I was been thinking have not having seen that. I, I have a strong feeling that uh Davis Mills is gonna be starting over CJ Stroud. We won't see CJ Stroud until probably mid season ish. I think that's good. I actually think that's amazing. Just sit him down, let him let him learn the offense a little more, let him get in, in the classroom and really just work over all the looks and everything that he needed to know and learn how to read defenses and just keep working and progressing and he don't he doesn't have to play this year man he does not have to play this year i think that's it's such a great thing i look i mean pat mahomes you got aaron rodgers you got all there's a lot of guys uh kirk cousins there's a lot of guys that you, you don't have to play these guys their first year you can let them sit and let them learn and let them throw against uh the ones in practice and really get a feel for the game before you throw them out there to the wolves, you know. And but I still bottom of the barrel, them and the tech, them and the uh, Texans and Colts. You could flip them either way. Number two, I have the Tennessee Titans making a slight jump here uh, in their record. Not much, but just a slight step forward. I think Tannehill coming back will definitely uh, help the team a lot more than having Malik Willis out there. That was not great. Um, I mean, what can I say? They're the Titans. They're going to float around 500. That's it. Vrabel's such a good coach. <laughs> Vrabel is amazing, and I, I really think that it, they're just – they're like the heat in basketball. Like, they're just somehow, some way, they're just going to – find a way to hang around they're just gonna find a way to stay in games and stay in the playoff hunt the whole year and you'll just be looking like how every time i watch them they look like shit but every time i look up they're over five they're above 500 and sneaking into the playoffs at number one i have the jacksonville jaguars i think trevor lawrence essentially has gotten better Every month, <laughs> he continues to just step up and rise up and play at a higher level than it looks like he was playing at week to week to week to week. And I think that's going to continue this year. I think he's going to take another step up. I don't think it's MVP level step up. I I don't see that. I know Calvin Ridley is amazing. He looks awesome in, in uh, practices and clips that I've seen, but – I. I don't think uh, they're ready for the big time yet. Not yet. Year, give them a, give them another two year or two before it's it's go time on Trevor Lawrence. I really think, but right now I think they're in a good spot. They're in a division where I don't see them having to worry about too much. So right now, you got the prince that was promised doing his thing. All right, and next here, we have the AFC East. Um, okay, so uh, this is just version one of my uh, rankings. There's two. There's going to be two weeks before the start of the season, and by then, I'm sure I will have I'll have be doing a second version of this. But right now, the way I have everything. I've been flip-flopping a little bit recently since I did these earlier last week. And the way I have my rankings right now, I have the Patriots at the bottom of the AFC East. 
And I've been struggling with this one a little bit because I look at the Dolphins, who I have number three, and a lot of people, if Tua can stay healthy, if Tua can stay healthy, if Tua can stay healthy, Tua has never stayed healthy. Looking, going back to college, Tua has, if he's playing, he's not going to be healthy. He's going to get hurt at some point in the season. And I don't like to look at that. Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill are amazing. And going back to uh, before the Chiefs had Patrick Mahomes, they had Alex Smith. And I think you're going to, the Dolphins are in the same kind of boat as the Chiefs back then where you've got solid defense, you've got, pieces Tyreek and Kelsey were at the time now you literally have Tyreek and Waddle now and I just don't see an avenue where Tua can really take that step up and be a quarterback who drags his team to a Super Bowl I think he's a great game manager and I think basically the Dolphins would essentially have to be perfect in coaching slash execution to really take this team to a level past where they're at. So I really have been struggling with putting the Pats over the Dolphins because I have I have this as a tight race between um kind of the bottom 3 teams. So yeah. I think the Dolphins are going to have a struggle this year. I think the Patriots are just going to keep they're the same as the the fucking Titans. They're just going to hang around and you're just going to be like wow they suck but whoa they're 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 5 and and 2 or 5 and 3 going into the second half of the season you're just like what is happening right now just bill belichick coaching out of his mind every year it's just somehow they do it at 3 second in the division excuse me i have the new york jets uh clearly one of the teams to follow this year is the new york jets they're, they're on hard knocks with Aaron Rodgers. The show's awesome. I talked about it last week. But, ooh, I just, it's Sunday today, Sunday afternoon, and I just watched, I watched that preseason game that, I, that Rodgers played in yesterday on Saturday. And Rodgers looks fine. He he missed a couple routine throws. <clears throat> um, The line was very concerning still. Uh, the line was very concerning, and you just kind of wonder how that's gonna how that's gonna work farther down the line in the season, because it seems like they're already struggling. Bar any injuries, is gonna the whole offensive line is essentially gonna implode. <laughs> like the whole team on the offensive side of the ball will implode, and yes, it's not good. So. I still have them going being second in the division. And obviously number one is the Bills. I, I don't understand I know the I, I the way I look at the Bills is I don't really think that they are on the level with the Bengals and the Chiefs and even the Eagles and the Niners. I don't think they're in that class. They're the leaders of the second class of the good teams in the NFL, if that makes any sense. Uh, like they're the, with the Cowboys, I put them in that kind of group where it's like, yeah, you, you should be, you should be here with the rest of the guys. You should be here with the Bengals and the Chiefs and the Eagles, and but it just doesn't quite work. And I don't necessarily put all that blame on Josh Allen. I know a lot of people just don't believe in Josh Allen. I have never believed in Josh Allen. I always, I can't help but see him as the 2018 Josh Allen. I don't care how many guys he he trucks on a 15 yard run. I don't care. I don't care how many goal line touchdowns he scores that make it seem like he just runs crazy all over the field. I I don't care about all that. I I think he's a good quarterback. He's one of the top quarterbacks in the league, period, end of story. I don't believe in it. I don't believe in it over Mahomes. I don't believe in it over Burrow. But he's still Josh Allen. He's still better than Aaron Rodgers right now. Right now, today, Josh Allen is hands down better than Aaron Rodgers, and he'll beat him out to win this division. Speaking of the top quarterbacks, the next and final AFC division I have is the AFC North. 
And I saved them for last for a reason. Uh, I'll just go through my rankings from bottom to top real fast, and then I want to talk about them. Because this is, this is the tricky AFC division that I have. At the bottom of the heap, I have the Cleveland Browns. Uh, third, I have the Steelers. Second is the Ravens. And top of the class is the Bengals. Now, going back through this before I did this and yesterday, because I did these earlier in this week, and going over them again for a second and third time, I I I I worry about the Bengals pick now. I I worry what about Joe Burrow because I look at their schedule and you've got the backup quarterback in there with an offensive line that you added Orlando Brown Jr. But the problem with Orlando Brown Jr. watching him in Kansas City, he has a very clear clear hole in his game. And it speed rushes up the arc, and we know like if you can get <laughs> if you can beat him on that on the first step, you're 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 pretty much guaranteed to beat him. He struggles with that. But if you look at the schedule right now, they open at Cleveland, then Baltimore comes to Cincinnati. That could be two losses without Joe Burrow. That's zero and two to start. Then you go to the Rams with Stafford back. Can Jake Browning? Duel it out with with Matt Stafford on a uh oh what is that a a Monday night game versus the Rams <laughs> in Cincinnati. <sighs> I mean, I could see that could be zero and three. Then you go to the Titans, which that defense is amazing with Tannehill back. You could lose. We're talking about going into their bye week, week seven, with being one and five. Because they play the Cardinals at Arizona, and then they play the Seahawks week seven, and then go into their bye week. It's They could easily be one and five going into the bye week, and then they come out of the bye week and play the 49ers, and then play Buffalo immediately afterwards. If Joe Burrow is not 100% or clearing the 90th percentile, 90th percentile, 90% like healthy, if he's not top of the top, like ready to go Joe Burrow, the, the Bengals could completely fall apart. Their schedule is so, is set up so crazy they have the Colts once they have they have the Texans and Arizona and if the Rams suck that's four games where essentially I look at their schedule and go oh yeah they got that Pittsburgh is kind of there, but if Pittsburgh takes a step up, that's the problem here. Is the Steelers look like they have a pretty good setup team? They went nine and eight last year. Tomlin over eight five hundred again. Nine and eight. They still win at home. They was four and four away. They was five and four. Like they won their last four games. So to me, what are we like? It's so tough. The Browns were seven and ten last year. Like that's what I'm talking about. They're all right there at five hundred. I think if Deshaun Watson just doesn't look as washed up as he did last year after not playing for two years, a year and a half, whatever it was, they can they can make a run. The Browns can make a run. The Steelers can make a run. Lamar Jackson back for a whole season. The Ravens could could mess around and make a run. Every team in this division is capable and has the talent on their team to make a run at being the winner of this division. I have this as being the tightest division in the AFC North, the most compelling division, I think, to watch this year because Joe Burrow could be, however long Joe Burrow is out, really will dictate how this team goes because their schedule is so crazy. Especially the after coming out of their bye week is so crazy. You're at San Francisco. Your Buffalo comes into town. Then you play Texans. Okay, cool. Then you're at Baltimore. Then you play Pittsburgh. Then you're at Jacksonville 
for another Monday night football game. And then you get the Colts and then you get the Vikings. And then you're at Pittsburgh, at KC, and then you play the Browns again. It's so, <laughs> their schedule is so hard. Coming off an injury, if Joe Burrow, what what Jamar Chase say? Come back by week five. Yeah, because he has to be back, or they could lose every single one of these games except for Arizona. That's why he's saying come back, get your feet back, beat the shit out of uh, Kyler Murray if he's there. If Kyler Murray is still there by then. And you got to come back. You don't have no choice. Like, you have to come back or your team is screwed. Okay. Now, let's head over to the NFC. Let's start with the least compelling, the NFC West. So... The 49ers just traded Trey Lance to the Cowboys for a fourth-round pick. I can see a world where they are a mess. Where Brock Purdy doesn't come back from his injury great, and then Sam Darnold comes in and is who we thought he was, which is, you are not a good quarterback. You are slightly below average, okay? That's what I think Sam Darnold is. I don't think he's going to be the next Steve Young. That's crazy. But there is a world where their season doesn't go great also. So this division is a little wonky, but it's either the Niners or the Seahawks. The Rams I have at a bottom barrel team, and then I have the Cardinals as essentially fighting with another team that we'll get to uh, as the worst team in the league, the Caleb Williams sweepstakes essentially. And <laughs> so I think this division is pretty easy. The Niners are most likely to win with the Seahawks doing roughly what they did. What they what was their regular last year? Let's look again because I can never remember the exact numbers. I know they were floating around, but I have, yeah, floating around 500. Uh, they'll be a little better than that this year. That still doesn't get them the division over the 49ers with whoever it is at quarterback as long as they are healthy and playing like not the worst quarterbacks in the NFL, just be slightly below average and just okay enough to not lose games, and that's what it'll be. So, uh, my rankings from the bottom, worst team, Cardinals, second worst team, Rams. Next is the Seahawks, and top of the top is the 49ers winning the NFC West. The next division I have here is the NFC South. Uh, Yeah, you know how I was just talking about there's another team that I have in the running for being the, the worst team in the league fighting for the love of Caleb Williams. It's like a flavor. It's like a, one of those flavor flave, uh, VH one shows for, for the, uh, flavor of love. I love New York. <clears throat> it's, uh, for the love of Caleb Williams. I'll, I'll come up with a better name, but right now, <laughs> right now for the love of Caleb Williams, we have two people fighting for his love and affection. It's the bucks. And the Cardinals. So at the bottom of the NFC South, I have the Bucks as the fighting for the worst record, the worst team in the league. Some of the worst teams and worst records we've seen in the last five years or so. Next up, I have another team that I think could be oh could could float closer to five hundred than where I have them at. But this is when I look through their schedule, this is where I have them at. Because oh, I look and I see the Panthers coming in, number three in the division. Uh, I look at the schedule. It's like, can they? Okay, you got, you've got at Seattle. That's tough. You you go Seattle, Minnesota, Detroit, Miami, all back to back in your first six weeks before your bye week. You come out light. You come out to Houston, Colts, Bears, but then you go into. You go to Dallas, or no, Dallas comes to you, you play the Titans, and their schedule is is soft, and I see if, you know, if the Falcons don't step up, then I think the Panthers kind of instantly float their record more towards uh, being above, being 9-8, 8-9, 9-8, 7-10, being somewhere up there if, a couple of these teams like the Falcons, like the Saints, uh, 
aren't as good as I think, which speaking of coming in second in the division, I have the new Orleans saints coming in second to that in that division. And I think either getting in or just slightly missing the playoffs, but I'll have to look, I have to go over my list again. Uh, once we get there, when I break down the full rankings, but at the top of the top, I have the Atlanta Falcons. I think, you know, Desmond Ritter, all he has to do is be not a trash bag. Be not, just don't be a backpack being worn on the backs of Bijan Robinson. Just be okay. And you guys will win this division because Derek Carr is Derek Carr. And unless he has some type of Drew Brees-esque resurgence, then the Falcons is here for for the taking, you guys. I know what were you last year? You guys were seven and ten. This whole division was seven and ten somehow. That looks so crazy. But the Bucks are gonna fall off. And yeah, this is your division for the taking, guys. You got pieces on offense where you should be good. So coming in next is the NFC North. One of the weirder this division is something with those north northern teams, man. Some this division going through it, I started to understand the Bears hype a little more. Uh looking at their schedule, their schedule is pretty soft. They have a soft soft schedule. Uh they play the AFC West which they can beat the Broncos. They can beat the Raiders. Right, um, you play. Let's just go through. Let's go through. at the bottom of this list. I have the Packers. I don't think Jordan loves that good. I think they're going to regress. There's going to be uh, issues within the team, possibly. And I just worry how. Uh, how Jordan Love plays, and I'm worried about it. Okay, cool. He looked good in the preseason. That's cool, bro. Cool, bro. You played good in the preseason. Awesome. You go in the season and, and continue to do that week to week until December. Okay. Next, I have the Bears because I I don't think Justin Fields really has to become a better quarterback to do better this year. So I don't believe that Justin Ross will Justin Ross Justin Fields will have to really um, take such a huge step to be closer in that in that top five MVP voting. If you look at his numbers last year, he ran for over a thousand yards. He ran for two thousand ish, or he passed for two thousand yards, and I think he had twenty touchdowns and like ten rushing touchdowns or something crazy. I think with the weapons and how they looked in the preseason and getting guys that can run after the catch, break a tackle, um, and kind of just get some yak yards, get some yak yards, get some rack yards, and and just kind of go and just give them, get these playmakers, get them the ball, let them make make let them do something. I think now that you have that Justin Fields numbers and just how he looks is going to change a lot, and we're going to be. We're going to be looking at them wondering, can they get in, can they not? So I have them second in the division, or uh, third in the division. Second in the division, I have the Minnesota Vikings. I think they regress slightly with no Dalvin Cook. They're going to feel that. Um, Kirk Cousins is Kirk Cousins. He's going to put up stats where you go, how is this happening? It's Kirk Cousins. And then you go, and then you watch a game, and you go, oh, yeah, he's just Kirk Cousins. Like, that's (laughs) – he – He's going to do some things here and there, and most likely he's just going to kind of casually guide this team to, at a minimum, nine wins. Because what was their record last year? Let's check the record out. 13-4 last year? Yeah. I think that just, that's the, the bottom is, of them is nine wins. So, coming in, number one in the NFC North is the Detroit Lions. I think they take a healthy step in the right direction this year. Jared Goff in the system, another year. Amara St. Brown just going crazy. Possibly 
talking about a guy who's working his way into being one of the top three receivers in the league. Crazy as it sounds, but I truly believe that he can show up and be in that top class of wide receivers. Uh, the defense needs works work, but they uh, went and did work in the draft, and I think that's going to – Aiden Hutchinson stepping up to another level, that's going to really help them out, and I have them winning the division this year. And then last but not least is the division, the NFC East. So um, the worst team in the NFC East, and I feel like the easiest one for me to just get out of the way and talk about is the Washington football team, the Washington Redskins, the Washington Commanders, whatever you you feel comfortable calling it. (laughs) The Washington Commanders, Uh, the team with many names. Uh. Yeah, Sam Howell's not good. Eric Bieniemy, we don't know if we this is the year we get to find out. Does Andy Reid really call all the plays, or does somebody actually do something at being the offensive coordinator of the Kansas City Chiefs? We get to find out. They've got a good, they've got great pieces on offense. They've got great young receivers, Brian Robinson Jr. The defense is solid. But yeah, I have them bottom barrel team with a with a higher upside. Uh coming in third in the division, I have the Dallas Cowboys. Now last week I went on a diatribe about um Dak Prescott and but that's not what happened here. Now I'll explain after once I go through this list, I will explain my um NFC rankings along with some of the records I have and this is just okay let me go through the teams third in the division I have the Cowboys second in the division I have the Giants and top of the top again I have the Eagles now I'm going to go through my NFC rankings and I'm going to explain how I went about ending up with this and I'll talk about this now because the next episode I do is definitely going to be, I'm going to probably go over this again throughout the week and make some little tweaks to it. But here's the rundown. The number one team in the NFC I have is the Eagles. I think the Eagles retooled a lot of pieces that they lost or moved on from, and I think they're just going to be the best team in the NFC uh, pretty simple here. Uh, they're going to try to run it back again this year. With their only competition, I truly believe, is the 49ers. How good is Brock Purdy? Or if Brock Purdy is toasted and his arm is done for, then how good can Sam Darnold be in this kind of system? Uh, I think getting... Um, the quarterback situation handled in just a any type of plus, you know what I mean, any type of non-negative way. And the Forty ers are right there hanging with the Eagles. Number three, I have the Detroit Lions. So, I, by the way, I have the Eagles losing two games. There's I have for the good teams here. I just put their ceiling. And for the bad teams here, I put their floor. And then the middling teams in this list are more of realistic expectations of what I think. So I have the Eagles 15-2 and as their ceiling. 49ers 15-2 and as their ceiling. But the 49ers are only not number one because their floor is so much lower than the Eagles just because of not having Jalen Hurts. Number three, I have the Lions at twelve and five. I believe twelve and five is floating right around their ceiling. Thirteen, twelve wins with their floor just going back to what they did last year and just barely being above five hundred. Uh, next, I have the Vikings. No Dalvin Cook. It's Kirk Cousins, but you have Justin Jefferson. Cool. So what I I have them slightly progressing and going 11 and 6 this year. Uh 5th, 
I have the Seattle Seahawks going 10 and 7. And Geno Smith, I think I think the most fun version of the Seahawks year is something happens to Geno and they are terrible all year long and then they get Caleb Williams next year and that will be my favorite <laughs> NFC team because it's just it's DK Metcalf it's Lockett it's Jackson Smith and Jigba it's both the second round uh, running backs it's the offensive line uh, positively enough like I can't name you one of their offensive linemen so that's that's a good thing that they're not so great that I know who they are, but they're not bad enough where I know who they are. Yeah, if you, I would love for Caleb Williams to just go, be able to go to the Seahawks with Pete Carroll. I would love to watch the match with all those pieces and Caleb Williams doing his shit, and then we and just him and the Eagles get to go at it to play whoever the fuck comes out of the crazy AFC. But right now I have them doing slightly better than 500 at 10 and 7, which is a little one win better than you did last year. I mean, it's Geno, guys. Come on. Now, to go back to what I was explaining with the NFC East, I have the Dallas Cowboys coming in at 10 and 7. And you'll think, wait, you have the Giants over the Cowboys in the division rankings. Aha, you caught me. So, <laughs> what happened here was I have the Eagles' record being so good that at the end of the year, they they their last three games are the Giants at home, the Cardinals at home, and then the Giants in New York. And so I, I think there's a world where they can just give up the last game against the Giants, which the way I did the, the schedules... I have the Cowboys splitting the Cowboys splitting with the Giants. But if they but the Giants not being able to beat Philadelphia this year. So what that does is put the Giants record at four and two in the division because I have them beating the Eagles, losing to the Eagles once. And losing to the Cowboys once is being their only losses, but they still go eight and nine because of their out of division schedule. Because they play San Fran, Seattle, Miami, Buffalo, the Jets. Uh, they play Vegas. They play New England, but then they play the Saints. But and I just think they're gonna have a tough time getting a, being more than right where I had them nine and eight, eight and nine. And let me go, okay. Number seven, I have the Falcons at 10 and seven. It's doing a little better than last year. I have the Saints going nine and eight, and then the Giants at eight and nine. And then right under them, I have 10, the Bears at eight and nine. So just being just under 500. I have the Packers six and 11, the Panthers four and 13, the Commanders three and 14, the Rams two and 15. But the Rams are a team that I think with Matthew Stafford. Uh, again, the only other team like that that I have is the Bears, where I think their ceiling and floor ratio. I have the Bears right in the middle because I think their floor is being the worst team, one of the worst teams in the league. They'll be fighting with the Bucks, Cardinals, Raiders with being one of the worst teams in the league, but I also have their ceiling is getting into the playoffs, winning the division and getting into the playoffs with no Aaron Rodgers and Kirk Cousins uh starting to hit his downward trend, I feel like and regress then the Bears could be a playoff team, or they could be one of the worst teams in the league. That's why I have them in the middle. Uh, the Rams, I have their ceiling is being where I have the Packers ceiling. The Packers, I have their ceiling to me right now is seven wins, being just below a middling team. But I also think the Rams could float up there into that same airspace of, you know, being 
seven and ten, you know, or eight and nine, floating around that same place that I have the Giants, Bears, Packers. But right now, I have them looking like, uh oh, it's time to blow this thing up because we don't have the auxiliary pieces around our high paid, high end stars to really uh, make a difference. Then I have the Bucks and the Cardinals. The Caleb Williams sweepstakes the, for the love of Caleb Williams. The Bucks and Cardinals fight it out for being the last teams. So, making the playoffs, I have the division winners: Eagles, Niners, Lions, Falcons, and the wild card team: Seahawks and Bears. So I have three teams in here. Uh, three new teams making the playoffs because you know every year I think they say was it five or six new teams somehow get into the playoffs every year and so I have those teams yeah being hold on the Seahawks weren't in the playoffs either huh? no the Seahawks were in the playoffs okay so yeah I have Lions, Falcons, Bears being the new teams in the playoff this year. So, yeah. And let's go to the... Well, no. I forgot that I didn't change these from when I changed them because I changed the record on one note that I had and not in the other one. So then I think technically I have the Saints getting in and not the Bears now because they have their one win better. Yes. So, yeah, this I have the Saints getting in with the last um, wild card spot in the AFC. I have the Chiefs at the top of the heap going 15 and two. The Chiefs are the Chiefs. That's the ceiling I have. Then they lose two games just off pure. Hey, we didn't get up today. Coming in number two, with their ceiling, again, remember I said the Bengals with no Joe Burrow could also be uh, just as easily eight and nine by the time Joe Burrow comes around and tries to salvage the rest of the season after the bye week. They could very easily be an eight and nine team without Joe Burrow. Number three, I have the Bills at three and 14. I have the Bengals at 14 and three, by the way. The Bill, that's with everything going perfectly for them. Number three, I have the Bills at 13 and four. Uh, they've been the best in their division. I think they're going to continue to be the best in their division and probably crumble in the playoffs. Number four, I have the Jacksonville Jaguars at 12 and five. Now, in the AFC, this is where everything gets squirrely because after going through each game of each team on the schedules, and doing the losses and then matching all of them up. The AFC has four to five teams in a row right here where we have Jacksonville at four, 12 and five, the Chargers at five, 12 and five, the Jets at six, 12 and five, and the Ravens at seven, 12 and five, and then the Steelers at 10 and seven and the Dolphins at 10 and seven. This gap, this group of teams with just Field goals made in the last second could flip the entire AFC around with just simple games where I had to look at them and just decide for certain things and just eat. Like, um, let me go to, I think there was a Jaguars one, where you have uh, certain stuff like end of the season, Jags, Baltimore, who could the Jags win that game in Florida in December Sunday night game yes Monday night versus Cincinnati could the Jaguars beat them yes they could beat them they could be better than them uh this year I think it's possible that they could be better than them but either way let's go back to these rankings and so you got Jags Chargers Jets Ravens Steelers Dolphins all floating around that same way thing. I think those teams right there are going to be 
Well, I think the Jags are in regardless, but I think Chargers, Jets, Ravens, Steelers, Dolphins are all in a situation where the end of the season, how you start the season is going to matter so much because these teams are going to be so close in their skill level, in their records. That I think it's going to be tough to start off the season in any negative way and be able to regain ground on all these great teams. I think this section is what makes the AFC so amazing right now. Uh, and then even after that, when you get into the next group, I have the Browns at 9-8. and eight. I have the Titans at 8-9. I have the Broncos at 7-10. and 10. That group right there are also teams that could, if Deshaun Watson uh, goes back to being just competent, just slightly above average, they could catapult into the next group and be in that 12 and 5, 11 and 6, 10 and 7 area and be fighting for the playoffs. Also, the Patriots can Mac Jones with Bill O'Brien step up and play uh, better than they did last year with a defensive coordinator calling the plays? Absolutely, they could, and they could take a, a step into that next stratosphere. Um, the Titans, Tannehill's back with Vrabel. Can they do something? Yes, I believe they they could they also could make another step. So we're we're talking about the AFC here being twelve legitimate teams deep, right? That's that's why the AFC is so amazing right now. Because when you go back to the NFC, we talking about we get well, once we get to we got Eagles, Niners, Lions, Vikings, Seahawks. Are you really confident in anybody? Are you confident in the Cowboys? Are you confident in the Falcons? Are you confident in the Saints? Are you confident in the Giants? Are you confident in the Bears? We talking about this uh, conference being five teams deep. That's it. Seahawks, yes. Vikings, yes. Lions, mm, even the Lions are a question mark. 49ers, yes. Eagles, yes. We're talking about five teams. We're talking about five teams, four teams in the NFC that you really feel like you can trust that they're going to be not terrible. The AFC is so great. Chiefs, Bengals, Bills, Jags, Chargers, Jets, Ravens, Steelers, Dolphins, Titans. That's just without the Patriots and the Browns. All of those teams are teams that could be good. The Broncos are a team that if Russell Wilson goes back to being Russell Wilson, there's another team that could be good. Another team that can be good. And I don't, the Texans, if in some world CJ Stroud is great, is rookie of the year type of type of season, like the Texans were seven and ten last year. They also they have pieces, uh, they they have the line. They have these things in place where if C.J. Stroud steps in and plays a really good season, they're tough. We talk. It's so crazy. It's only when you really if like you really get to the Colts and the Raiders where you start going, man. Okay, those guys kind of suck. But the rest of these teams are good teams also. But there's teams, the Browns could be bad. The Broncos are probably going to be bad. Because what I have, I have the Browns at 9-8, and eight, Titans at 8-9, Patriots at 7-10. and 10. Then you have the Broncos at 6-11, and 11, the Texans at 4-13, and 13, the Colts at 3-14, and 14, the Raiders at 2-15. and 15. So Broncos, Texans, Colts, Raiders are the only teams I personally believe that there's not a possibility of them going over 500. They're going to lose most of their games. And I just look at this. I go, the AFC is so fucking tough. And I just can't believe that the Chiefs keep, like, it's so unbelievable every time I look at it. It it makes me appreciate it more and more as the years go on. Of just how did they how do they keep doing this? How does this keep happening? <laughs> Patrick Mahomes really is that good. Cause how does this keep happening over and over again? When I just looked at that, the AFC is thirteen is they're ten teams deep. It's so crazy. Oh why? Like okay, so the AFC, the playoff picture. I have the Chiefs getting in. The Bengals at two, the Bills at three, the Jags at four. Those are your division winners. Then we have the Chargers, Ravens, Jets as the new playoff teams, with the Jets being the only new team getting into the playoffs. So the new teams I have entering the playoffs are the Jets, the Lions, the Falcons, and the Saints. 
So the, I have four, only four new teams getting in because I think the AFC is just so tough that the good teams are the like those are the teams outside of the Jets, the Ravens, Chargers, Jags, Bills, Bengals, Chiefs know how to win. They know how to win in the AFC wet or AFC. They know how to construct good teams. So I don't think a lot of the teams their turnover is as important. Because they know how to fill the gaps. These are all teams that know how to fill the gaps. Shout out to the GMs and the AFC because you guys are doing amazing. So, with that said, that means in the AFC, we have the Bengals and the Jets playing with a 2-1 matchup in the first round. The Bills and the Ravens and the Jags see the Chargers again for a repeat. And this time, I have the Chargers beating the Jags. To go play the Chiefs in round two, I have the Ravens over the Bills. And this is where I said the Bills implosion happens, and we all go, wow. Lamar Jackson finally with a healthy year in the playoffs. Maybe he gets hurt early in the season this time and comes back late. Has a great game against the Bills, and they go on to see the Bengals in the second round after beating the Jets, after beating Aaron Rodgers and the Jets get to have a feel good hey we made it we made it into the playoffs good job guys let's go let's have fun ah yes next year next year but they lose to the Bengals with joe burrow on a war path after barely scraping by early in the season and then dragging his team back into greatness they beat the jets in the first round to go play the ravens in round two and i think this year the Ravens and Lamar Jackson step it up over that uh was it yeah, last year in round one where they almost win without that fumble. The Ravens are in are in round two and not the Bengals. So I have the Ravens and Lamar Jackson overcoming the Cincinnati Bengals, going to the AFC championship to play the winner of Chiefs Jags, and I have come on now. Pat Mahomes, Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones back. It's the Chiefs over the Jags. The Prince can't hang on. And he falls to Patrick Mahomes once again. Not yet, young fella. Try again another year. The Chiefs move on to play the Ravens in the AFC Championship. Now, let's jump over to the NFC side before we do the AFC Championship. On the NFC side, the matchups we have are the Eagles won with a bye in the first round. So at two, we have the four, we have 49ers at two playing the, the Saints at seven. We have the Lions at three playing the Seahawks at six. We have the Falcons at four playing the Vikings at five. So I have the Niners over the Saints with the Seahawks over the Lions and then the... Falcons beating Kirk Cousins and the Vikings with a year of regression and the Falcons moving on with Devin Ritter, uh, Devin, Desmond Ritter playing okay. So everybody is just running, they're running the ball, and they're playing good defense and Desmond Ritter is managing the game. They actually make it to the second round of the playoffs over the Vikings. So in the second round of the NFC, we have the Eagles taking on the Falcons and the Niners taking on the Seahawks. I have the Niners beating the Seahawks with that rush, just taking Geno and them down. They they get the win over the Seahawks to see the winner of Eagles-Falcons, which I have as the Eagles. They running it back. Uh, the Eagles play the 49ers in the NFC Championship, and I have the Eagles beating them again. And in the AFC Championship, I have the Chiefs winning again. I think these two teams are just so good. The Eagles, with the depth of talent that they have, are going to drag themselves back to, with barring injury. Most of this is all barring injury and barring catastrophe for most of these teams. So on this version one of my rankings, 
I got the Eagles meeting the Chiefs for the Super Bowl again for the repeat. And we get to watch another classic where the Eagles and Chiefs clash and the winner of the Super Bowl in my power rankings, in my rankings this year, is Pat Mahomes. Come on now. <laughs> now, do I think it's possible for the Eagles to win? Yes. I just, this, I'll run it back. I want to see it again. No field talk, no none of that. Do a turf if you got to. But that's what I want to see. I want to see this again. I want them to run it back. Run it back. Run it back. Let's see them do it again. But I'm trusting Pat Mahomes, the new greatest quarterback of all time. Even if he's not the greatest quarterback of all time, he is the greatest quarterback to watch of all time. And it's not even close. Uh, Vic, Michael Vic, in his prime has an argument, but I would say that's about it. Of like, who do you want to sit down and watch play quarterback? Patrick Mahomes is hands down the best. Maybe Josh Allen, current current level Josh Allen is up there too, but it's Pat Mahomes, guys. And so with that, this wraps up my uh, Gridiron Grand Prix, the race. Oh, what is it? Uh, <laughs> Accelerating to Allegiant Stadium. Bum, bum, bum. I'll play some racing music in the background right here. Gridiron Grand Prix, accelerate to Allegiant Stadium. No. But uh, <laughs> thanks for listening again, guys. I uh, had fun doing this list. I'll probably do version two before the season starts, so not next week, but the week after that. And I hope you enjoyed your time listening. I enjoyed my time recording and talking to you guys, and uh, I will catch you next week. See ya.